Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Welcome back to the Larkcast. You are tuning in to an ongoing conversation between Russ Johnson and myself, Tony Sorcy. Cheers to you, Russell. Good to see cheers, you. Cheers, my friend. My friend. Oh, and, you're watching uh, this video. You're watching yeah. me just cheer myself because I'm I'm anxious and I'm getting energy out of my body. <laughs> we prepared for this podcast. Man, Russ is Russ is bringing it. He's got the energy today. <laughs> normally you know if you had to gauge russ based on his uh his slow southern smooth smooth yet raspy voice it kind of feels like he just stays in second gear but he's <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's bringing bringing it today i feel i feel like um I feel like that was like a roundabout way of saying it's my friend Russ. It's not real smart, but he makes up for it by being slow. <laughs> Dude, you're one of the smartest dudes I've ever met. True story. <laughs> oh man. True story. True story. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. So a smart guys, man. We stick together, right? Our, I think our issue is, is um, we also have like these other bones in our bodies that get us into trouble. So instead of like going and making like rockets that go to space and a lot of money, <laughs> we instead make podcasts and write books and spend a lot of time talking with everyday people about the good news of Jesus. And all the while, um, seeing people come alive in good news. Amen for this. But also, instead of attracting a lot of attention and making lots of money, we make people mad. That's been my story this week. My inbox is full of people who are furious with Lark. Sounds like you really want to get into this. Can you tell I'm us just, any, Can you tell us more? Well, I was just kidding about that. There's just one. <laughs> Well, you're not kidding about your inbox being full. That is true. It's just coming from one person. It's just coming from one. <laughs> it's just coming from great, one person who apparently had a lot of time. A lot of time, time to write emails. I'm like, bro, like, you know, doesn't your grass need to be cut or yeah. grocery shopping? I think Jameson said it best. He was like, somebody needs to check on this dude's kids, make sure they're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> I was like kids haven't eaten in days yeah man um it's been fun I, I have found that you know you 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 write a book like we've done right and you you podcast through like a reclaim one through five where you're really unearthing what Jesus is really like who he really is what he's really said what he's really done who we really are in him what life is really about because of him. 
man, like if you're, and we've said it a million times, if you're at the end of your virtuous or physical or mental or emotional or financial rope, you seem to be at a place in your life where you start to look up. But if you're not, and you're hanging on to some myth that you're in control and you still got this thing, whew, bro, grace will just absolutely make war on you. Yeah. And the religious nature comes out with like claws, bro. Mm -hmm. Just like in the days of the crucifixion. And yep. that, that happens, man. And we, we get people who just get up in arms. And one of the things that just keeps coming back between this and then Jameson's podcast series, which I'm just going to give a shout out, man. It's been fantastic. It's called what must I do question mark. And uh, it's, it's a four part series. You got to start at the beginning. You got to work through it, right? Because it all builds on each other. But it's working through that question of all these various people that came to Jesus with what must I do? And Jesus's answers were driving every single one of these people, all of them to the same point. And he gives the same answer. Well, with God, what you must do is impossible. This life of, of grace, this life of faith, this life with me. Yeah, it's one sided. It's something I've I do. It comes from above. It doesn't come from within you ever. And again, man, like that's such good news. If you're like at a point in your life when you realize it's Jesus or bust. Right. And that's a lark. <laughs> but that will wage war on everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. the both, both religious and even the supposedly irreligious. Um, Everyone. Because, you know, like our religion just kind of rebrands itself in a variety of ways. And we put ourselves in the winner circle, not just spiritually, but professionally, personally, yeah. familially, monetarily, you know, a bunch of different ways. It's a great <clears throat> way to put it. But That's today true. we are in... um it's a good one, man. Chapter eight. Um, really kind of like continuing that conversation of like participating. Like, what does it mean to participate yeah. with God in the world and others' lives? What does it mean yeah, to I join think, join him? Yes. I think and I think that's kind of where my head was going. Cause right before we hit record, right? I'm reading another email um from this particular person who's up in arms. And I just find myself going, man, there are, th like, we're not saying um, you're just a rock, do nothing. Jesus loves you. Go lay in your backyard and sun, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> until you die. <laughs> we're like, that's the opposite of what we're saying. We're just saying that all that is needed to live and dwell with God is done from Him. Rejoice. Yeah. The whole like, the whole like, you're, well, I mean, that's, what are we talking about? It's it's um, the age old knock of grace, which is, you know, licentiousness, lawlessness, you know, kind yep. of a thing. Luther called it the impossible heresy because you never really can escape the law. We've gotten into that. It's kind of baked into our world and it's baked into our hearts. But then the other thing is like the whole passivity and like you're encouraging people not to do anything. And it's just like, dude, all we do is do. Yes, we like from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, we do just constantly doing 
everybody's yeah. doing everybody yeah. um so i think we just you know we presuppose all that all of us do a lot of doing yeah yeah what we're getting into is the why you're doing what you're doing yes we're getting yes. into the forgiveness over all the failed doings yes. which are inevitable we're real we're we're showing you that your doing has no has no bearing upon your being in union with mm -hmm. the God who made you to live in union with him. Correct. That's why this is called a journey of faith, not a journey of sight. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that, looking at that, I, I feel like I just want to say, which I'm saying to this, to this person who's been reaching out, like, Hey, we're all for inviting you to go jump into what Jesus is doing. But think of the beauty that comes when you get to jump into what God's doing just for the pure joy of it. Just because he's, you've discovered what dad's like and you just want to be where he's at and do what he's doing. No different than my six-year-old is with me. Everywhere yeah. I go, he wants to go. Everything I'm doing, he wants to be doing. Right. Dude, I can be working in my office writing an email and he wants to sit in my lap and help write the email. Yeah. Because he just loves being with dad. Yeah. And I just love being with him. And I feel like that's to me is what chapter A is about is if you're not careful, you can... Let me just say it like this. I'm just going to say it out loud. You could spend so much of your life thinking and talking about spiritual growth and all these things that you need to be doing, completely missing the entire point of it and who you already are in Jesus. All right. Which means it's an inevitable, like roller coaster, treadmill, merry-go-round, whatever you want to put in there. Right. It's just constant navel gazing in which you never arrive. But the more you think about it and the more you talk about it, the more you think you're arriving. Mm -hmm. And then you find other people who are in the same boat. And before long, you spend all of your days thinking and talking about spiritual growth while never actually joining in what Jesus is really doing in you and in the real world and in the people's lives around you. Right. But when you find freedom from that myth, that's reclaim one through five and discover that you are the church in Jesus reclaim six and begin to understand what discipleship is, this beautiful ongoing conversation with anyone around you, believer and unbeliever, doesn't matter. The constant encouragement of life in and through the reality of who Jesus is and what he's done, right? Reclaim seven. Well, then you can actually go step into what God's doing. Mm -hmm. That's this chapter, Reclaim Eight. We call it spaces. Yeah. But... Again, if you're thinking anything of this is needed to belong, if this is needed for you to be forgiven, this is needed so that he loves you or he'll move in your life, you'll just undo it. You will turn everyone in and around you into a project, period. Yes. Yes. And that's where, um, you know, making the connection between our freedom and participation in, you know, friendship the ongoing passing on of good news and encouragement and just being a friend, man, throughout all of it, whoever's around you, you know, whatever your circles are, your spaces, so to speak, that's what chapter eight is called. It's called spaces, wherever you find yourself in the people around you and that, that love that you have in your heart for them that comes from above freedom mm -hmm. is a massive resource um, is a massive reality for those ongoing conversations. Because if I jump into those friendships and I'm having these conversations so that I can, um, be a practitioner, uh, like a, 
you know, <laughs> like a good right. practitioner, I can go back to my other spaces with my, you know, my missional buds and talk about all these stories. So I can look, look guys, here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm doing. Check it yep. out. Right. Or if you're like trying to prove, really prove you're a disciple because you're a disciple maker. Um, it's all oh, for you. Dude. It's How all, many times it's, have we it's heard all that? for a uh, dude, a hundred percent. It's all for you. And it's all about you. Love is for the benefit of another person. It's like a self, it's like a self-sacrificing thing for the benefit of, of another. You almost kind of get lost. You and your comfort or whatever gets lost as you are focusing on another. And mm-hmm. freedom is the only thing that can really help us love with no shings attached and no fine print. And so um, I know we push back on freedom because we think it's going to lead to unlove or we think it's going to lead to laziness. We're just not trusting the one who's declared us free. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane when you really think about it, but like the, the reasons people are up in arms about grace, okay, and the and the things that they're holding up, the signs that they're holding up of of you are wrong and therefore you don't belong, are actually the testimony to their unbelief in the fact that they belong, and so do you. So the one thing that you can do that Jesus did, the one thing that you could actually step into, trust, right, faith, to see the Father as He sees the Father and to trust him as you walk through life. And it's the one thing that leads to all the other things that you get to go join into, right? It's it's that one thing they're not doing, okay? It's the one thing I myself have not done in life numerous times while I'm holding up this, right? This imaginary like sign of, yeah, man, you're, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Meanwhile, it's like, yeah, I'm just saying that because I don't actually trust him. <laughs> mm. Dude, that was such a like whack in my face going, holy cow, I spent years pushing people to go do things to prove their disciples, mm-hmm. pushing people to go do things to honor God, yeah, pushing people to go do things for him because of what he's done. And all the while realizing I'm only doing this because I don't believe. Yeah. Well, again, Dude, it's, the, it's the illusion, oof. you know, you can really talk yourself into, you know that you're the one actually doing it just by having the conversation. That was my environment. You know, it was all about the latest, you know, talk at a conference or the latest book or the latest theory or the latest paradigm or whatever. Um, I found the church to be a unique place because you can get up and just kind of talk about things. If you have a whiteboard um, Mm -hmm. and some dry erase markers, you can talk about things that you a absolutely fail at doing or b don't do at all and everyone was like holy crap this dude's really smart or this dude like really knows a lot about this and and you can just excel in that environment even though you have you know no reality in your in your life of the things that you you talk about because you know it's all about it's you you know what i'm you know what i'm talking about it's um yeah um maybe you can help me put words to it it's um well, it's just it's just one more way for you to try to assure yourself that 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 you matter that you're worth something you're making a difference that's what it, i found yeah well it, it's just the idea of um ideas and knowledge 
it's very Gnostic in a ways. Yeah. A lot of those like real like heavy theological environments, you know, um, like I was, I was in, dude, you want to get, you want to do a fast track to becoming an elder at the places that I used to be on staff at just be white, own a business and quote a few reform dudes and you will climb the freaking ladder, dude. Yeah. And if you want to lead that room, gain enough knowledge <laughs> that you can pull out that whiteboard, start doing some missional geometry on it. Oh, dude. Oh, that was my story. I was like known as well, like, that's what the, I'm saying. I'm not making fun of them. I'm saying that was me too. Yeah. I was known <laughs> as like the missional dude on our team just because I would talk about it a lot. And when I met you in 2014, I was like telling everyone else that they should like go love their neighbors. I had zero friends mm. outside the faith. I had zero friends outside the bubble of the church. And so I'm telling everyone else and everyone's looking to me like, oh man, like Tony knows a lot about this. And then we gather yeah. a lot of people and have these conversations. We're like, yeah, man, like all these other like old crusty dudes, these dudes suck. They're not about like being the, the body in the world. You know, they're not about like being the church. Oh, but we were yep. just talking about it. That's all we were doing. Dude, it's, the, it's, <laughs> Dude, it's just like, it's so crazy. Yeah. So your story like is, is the evidence in a sense, right? It's kind of what you're showing is that because you studied and could articulate well and do all the geometry on a board and wow people with the knowledge and all the systems that they would need to make this thing happen for Jesus, mm -hmm. you wound up at the top of the pyramid. And ultimately what you were saying is, I'm going to offer you guys 38 ways to move forward for the betterment of your city that will require no faith whatsoever. But <laughs> you say it out loud and you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> like this it's so is so crazy. But that was me. I mean, I did that and and we saw cool things happen just like you guys did. And like, here's the thing I always tell people, God's gracious. He's just like that. So he seems to move in our lives and in the lives of other people, even in the midst of all of our undoing. Of things. Us. Yeah, no, 100%. because yeah. he's good. Because if you're not careful, people will go, well, man, you saw a lot of success you guys did in the places that you led. So the Lord, you know, that must have been the way to do it. But my reason that I always point back to is like, well, more people will come to know Jesus in prison this year than probably any church gathering or list of church gatherings. But I don't think God's advocating prison is like his plan for Every, you know, someplace everybody needs to go to so they can come to know him. In other words, God just moves wherever he's at in the midst of us and in spite of us and without us because he's just that good. Yeah. Now, if you're listening, you're going, okay, this is a lot of foundational understanding. Like, where does the tangible chapter eight come in? Just know we've spent this time saying what we've been saying because if you step away from any of this understanding, in my opinion, uh, the spaces fall flat. They they just quickly become just some way for you to make something happen instead of a way for you to just to join in what God's doing. Mm -hmm. And so maybe the quickest way I could explain chapter eight in a nutshell is I took a hard look at what you see us doing in the name of church. I think Sunday gathering, right? Saturday night, if you're cool. In some you know place, and out of that, you want to get everybody and their mother connected into some type of a community. 
the small group, Sunday school, missional communities, gospel communities, they all have different names, but some type of like smaller group setting, okay, where you kind of really get to know each other. Right. And and then the hope is that these two things combined lead to a third space. And the third space is like you being a missionary in your everyday life. It's you loving on neighbors while you're taking out trash cans or helping a neighbor with their lawn, right? It's you fishing with some buds or right getting coffee with this guy over here or throwing a house party or whatever it needs to be. It's you being learning to be this missionary. Some for some churches, it's all about like joining some local nonprofit, right? Where you're, you know, serving food to people, just fill in the blank. Yeah. And so it's three spaces, one, two, three, Sunday, small group out into the world. Mm-hmm. But when you look to the scriptures, the life of Jesus, like how he goes about spreading this good news, it's the opposite. You have to like flip it. <laughs> he starts actually out in the community in and among everyday people, building friendships, passing on good news, eating meals, drinking wine, right? Conversation. Yes. And people are grabbing onto this good news wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. And then out of that. So that's the first space, not the last space. Yeah, he started with people. Starts with people. And a lot, a lot of ways, if when you just read it, it didn't seem very methodical. It was almost just kind of like as he was as he was going. Yes. A lot of conversations seemed very unplanned. Yes. Very occasional. Yeah. He not doesn't so seem much, like he's had not a... working, you know, he's not unfolding this papyrus slip of this, you know, three year plan he's got. No. <laughs> it's got mapped out. No, it's, it doesn't look like a Google spreadsheet written on some papyrus <laughs> with a feather pen. <laughs> so, well, Jesus is God, little... so he could have just, you know, he had a smartphone in his pocket. He just kept it hidden from everybody. Just kept it hidden. Nobody knew. So Nobody it could increase his efficiency. <laughs> but that's... It was real lowly <laughs> form on social media, but... yeah. Yeah, he, whenever whenever they recorded the reels, he would make sure he hit it. <laughs> give this away. And um, <laughs> man, I'm just laughing, dude, because <laughs> I'm laughing because I, it's just so much of my story, man. <laughs> it's like so much of my story was just really well trained in the opposite way of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the best way how to put it. Yeah, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. No, dude, I and, was the same. I, when I realized, you know, a lot of things that we were talking about in, in Reclaim 6 and 7 about, you know, most people's disinterest in church gatherings, I was like, bro, I'm spending my entire, like, life, my whole week prepping and planning for a thing that the people who I really care about are never going to come to. Yeah. They're never going to come to this thing. No. Nope. Oh, just when you think about the time and the money, the energy, the emotion, man, that's just spent, just spent, dude, week after week after week. Those budgets, dude. Yeah. And you just find yourself going, what, what are we doing? But I think that's, that's it. That's that, right. That's, that's why we start with hopefully that's kind of what we're inviting you into in chapter eight is to start where Jesus starts. And to let it just be that uh, unnamed. There's no name yeah. for this. He doesn't have anything he's branding here. He doesn't have anything he's building here. It's 
it's him offering friendship and good news through conversations with food and wine as he's yeah. going the lord's leading it's a faith journey it's unplanned yeah and there's just something beautiful about it yeah and then out of that you see jesus kind of connecting further with people so you've got this going to Zacchaeus's house for this more intentional conversation because Zacchaeus is declared right like this is like the Hugh Hefner of Jesus's day you know this is like the playboy who's going this the, something's different here right mm -hmm. and what I love about that story is unlike us who would hide and maybe meet Zacchaeus on the side in fear of being canceled Jesus out loud in front of the whole crowd points to the guy that everyone's canceled yes and says I'm going to your house today yes we're hanging out Yes. Very, but again, very controversial, very scandalous and very unplanned. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, how many times does he tell us? I only do what I see my father doing. So apparently the father's doing something in Zacchaeus and bam, mm -hmm. here we go. Sure. So he, you see these like times where Jesus is pressed in further with people on the conversation. Think of that as like a second space. You know, that's kind of how we try to name this just to give people some language that are coming out of the church world. Second spaces are just anywhere where you're connecting further with people that are want to talk about the good news of Jesus, man. They don't yeah. might not believe, but they're interested. Amen. We just For picked me, some that's beer. Yeah, we just picked some language that was familiar. If you want to call it blue space and green space and red space, however you wanna wanna call it. I think really what we're just saying is like, you know, we start with people and we wait, like in um reclaim five, we wait, watch, and walk. And this connects to not only our own kind of like growth and the movement of the spirit, but also when it comes to discipling others, we wait. Yeah. We we wait to see that movement, you know? Yep. And I'll tell you, and there was a starting in this, like moving away from, you know, being um being the man, being being a pastor and jumping into, you know, this this kind of work this kind of like these friendships and trying to like just deconstruct all that stuff, dude, you're wondering where four years of conversation in your front yard with your neighbor about craft beer and metal bands is heading. You're yeah. like, what dude, I, I thought you gave me a heart. I thought I was going to see a bunch of people like just repent and say, yes to you. We're going to like plant this church. We're going to like see all this like cool movement. We're going to be able to like point to it. I was going to be able to raise a lot of money. We're going to start this thing, like show them like this is the way. And you're just like, oh, it's just a four year seemingly fruitless friendship yeah. until, until one day where you start to see the movement of God in others' lives on the margins. And they start mm -hmm. to ask those questions because, you know, shit's getting real in their life kind of thing. And you're like, Oh, okay. Here we go. It was a lot of waiting. It was yeah. a lot of waiting and watching and you can grow impatient in that. This is not sexy work, dude. This, this is not, no, you will find people that are, that are eager day one. Right. I mean, we've seen, I've seen my house sit empty. I've seen my house fill up with 15, 20 new people in a matter of three weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm just yeah. saying like, you just never know what the Lord's doing in and around you, but yeah, it's not sexy. It's real. It's messy. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's, it's relationships.
you got people who are up and down in different places, right? In and out, depending on where they are in their faith that day. You've got people that you'll equip that will awaken to this or passing on good news and they'll leave your house and right. Something else will happen over here and over there and over there. And, and you, you're not going to get to measure it all. You're not going to get to manage it all. You're not going to get to stand on a podium and get applauded for it all. I would say you're not going to be able to document it either. Yeah. Because one of the things that we've learned is that it's very, very hard. And I would say damn near impossible to talk to your neighbors while simultaneously talking about your neighbors in other platforms. Yeah. You, you can't do it. No. So if you want to be the kind of like leader dude that like has your social media and you're doing your reels or you're kind of sharing what's going on and these kind of things you're doing and what you're mm -hmm. learning and you want to point to all the different ways, right? So all your donors and supporters or even followers and admirers can see all the cool stuff you're doing um, while also simultaneously inviting new friends into who you are, which I would assume would be like, yo, dude, are you on Instagram? Hey, yeah. dude, are you on TikTok? Hey, dude, you're on Facebook? Oh, I love that in those smaller group settings. So, Russ, tell me about Rick, man. How's, how's that relationship with Rick going? Well, Rick's <laughs> struggling, as you guys know, and he's, I mean, I, we, we've talked a lot about him in here. We prayed about him and, like, this thing's going on in his marriage. And sorry, Rick, that you're hearing this for the first time sitting next to me at this moment. But back to Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, Rick, we've been talking about you for the last three months. But that's like, that's our whole, like just crazy freaking weird perception. But again, it all starts with this people needing to make things known, to feel good about themselves and effective. I've been there, but that's what drives so much of that. And the reality is when you step into this, you're not going to get to promote it. Dude, we could probably pull in a lot more people and a lot more donors, man. If we, all we did was just tell the stories of all the life change that we're seeing in the name of Lark. But it's real hard to do that, man. And for those people to come and join in and feel a part of this, instead of like the project that once was, it's now going to be a part of the solution for the next project. Right. The whole damn thing just falls flat, man. Mm -hmm. yep. If it's love that you're after. Yeah. And so that, I think here's the ending point. It all lands on like a, what we call like a third space, where you basically are just hitting a pause button. Think about it. Like I'm going through life, connecting with people anywhere and everywhere. I'm then probably going to be connecting a little more with people that are open to the conversations of Jesus and wanting to learn more. And then at some point, maybe I do go and circle up with some people who do believe to celebrate good news, right? To, you know, the Lord's supper together, man, like around a table, like an actual meal. And that can be you with your spouse and your kids. That can be you, right? And just your spouse, it could be you and a girlfriend, a boyfriend, that can be you with a neighbor, that can be you with a couple buds on, you know, at a break room table at work. Mm -hmm. It can be a house full of people. It can be whatever you want. The point is the ecclesia, as we talked about in Reclaim, you know, chapter six, the ecclesia, that like when the when the church is gathered, mm -hmm. that can be anywhere and everywhere and at yeah. any time. Right. And that just seems to be the place where we hit pause. We, right, we encourage one another, as Hebrews 10 says, and amen for those times. Yeah, we got the, we got a little cool kind of way you can kind of shape that, you know, that gathering um, there just on, you know, eating, sharing a meal, um, yeah. also known as communion, you know, being open to, to listening. Remember Hebrews 10 said, don't forsake the gathering together. Um, 
but all the more keep doing it and encourage one another all the more um, as you see the day drawing near. Um, So yes, it says don't neglect that gathering, but it says, well, what's happening at that gathering is a mutual encouragement. Um, Yes. And so be open to create space, not just for like, you know, I, I, you know, a talk or a sermon or, you know, something like that. I'm not, we're not knocking that, you know, at all. Um, you and I, you know, both enjoy doing that from, from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's mutual encouragement was kind of like what was in view there in Hebrews 10. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you're going to run with the do not forsake the gathering, then you got to take the rest of the verse, which was a space where people would encourage one another around a meal. Cause again, you're talking Hebrews, which is a persecuted people that were meeting underground in homes. Yeah. I was just found it funny when people were like, well, it says don't forsake the gathering you know, together. I'm like, yes, I'm about that. I'm also about how it, how it described what went down (laughs) and the thing you're telling me that I need to do every Sunday is planned to the freaking like nth degree. And there's no room for me to participate at all. There's no mutual anything going on. No, no, there's a couple people doing things and the rest of us watching. Yes. And, uh, yeah, only there's been a few times where people have been pretty abrupt with that, man, and they keep pressing you, and you eventually find yourself responding with, listen, man, I appreciate your heart in this, but you're telling me not to forsake this gathering and pointing to this passage while all the while you, every Sunday, forsake that passage. Yes. So you might want to you might want to stop throwing this at people. Yeah. Um but here's the thing. If you're listening and you're going, okay, you guys are talking about tangibly going about being the church, loving on people, discipling people, encouraging one another, just seeing people grow up in the Lord, in the faith, and seeing more and more people come into this to this life that Jesus has invited them into. Yes. And we're talking in chapter eight about what that could tangibly look like in your everyday simple flow of life. So are there some nuts and bolts and some practical things that might be helpful to you there? By all means. It's not something that you can really explain well on a podcast. Again, grab a copy of Reclaim if you haven't. It's available at the website, larksite.com, um, also on Amazon. But that's that's where you're going to find, again, like just some tangible helps into fleshing out what we've been talking about on here. Well, and I feel like it's a pretty fluid framework that can ebb and flow no matter where, you know, you are. This isn't a, you know... Yes. A service, you know, in planning center kind of a thing, like, hey, do these exact same things. It's oh, more no. just kind of like, you know, I would say, even if you want to call it what, like, principle based kind of a thing, um, yep. you can, there's a lot of freedom in how, you know, you shape this. And, and you and I have, have done a, a wide variety of versions of this, um, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the, throughout the year. So I think if you're the kind, that if you're the leader type um, who really wants to see broader movement, I think you'll find um, some helps there on, on how you can envision that. If you're just an everyday person, you know, who mm-hmm. just loves the people around you and just in your mind, when you picture this thing going, you just picture like five or six people sitting around a table. I think that, you know, it could be a helpful framework for that too. Yeah. Yep. I would agree, man. It's, and I love that that point you brought up, principle-based. Just think timeless, simple things that we can step into. Yeah. Definitely not a checklist. No. 
It's uh, it is not a manual. You can turn it. Into it would that. be the anti. It's the anti-manual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get. You can turn anything. From, I mean, we've I've done it. You can turn anything into a checklist and a manual. Right. But uh, feel free to not let it be that. Just let it be a simple framework for just how to go about being the church right where you are. Yeah. That's chapter eight. Cool. Reclaim. Good chat, bro. Spaces. Spaces. Good chat, man. Till next time. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.